Welcome to Annunciation with Father David. Father David is the priest at Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church in Decatur, Illinois, where every week people are connected to the ancient wisdom of Orthodox Christianity. Here's Father David. Christ is in our midst. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Just so you know, it's okay to say both now and average at the ages of ages after you say that, and I tend to forget it. And for those who say it, and I cut you off, I apologize. Um, this well, recently I, I watched a uh, show. Um, it's available on um, PBS, their streaming um, website through WIL, a, uh, a, P, a POV show that uh, broadcasts a Academy Award-nominated documentary called The Art of Killing. And it's a very disturbing movie. I, if you don't have a strong stomach, I don't recommend watching it. But I wanted to talk about it today because it's relevant to the gospel pericope today, uh, this remembrance of the fathers of the Seventh Ecumenical Council. Uh, the documentary um, follows some folks who went to Indonesia and interviewed a number of people who were part of the um, gangs that uh, rounded up and killed off uh, ethnic Chinese and those who were um, suspected of being part of the Communist Party and murdered them. And what was fascinating about it was that when initially approached, they were very happy to talk about it. They were seen as national heroes. Um, they were very willing to talk about when, where, and how. And um, the movie begins with one particular leader of one of these gangs, and he's up in a place where he did a lot of his murders, and he was singing and dancing. And then the producers of the documentary asked, well, would you be willing to make a movie? If we funded and helped make a movie, would you mind making a movie for us of your story in 1965 of rounding up all of these people and killing them? And they said, sure, we'd be happy to do that. And in process, some of these people took the role of their victims. And they had to go through the process of identifying with the very people that they tortured and killed. So the last scene of this documentary is very similar to the first scene. They took this guy back to the place where he murdered all of these people and had to redo the scene. And he ended up and there was, it was night and day, and rather than being happy, he was 
so disturbed that he ended up dry heaving a couple of times. Just the thought of coming face to face with what he had done. And the reason I mention this is because it illustrates the importance of today's gospel reading, of the parable of the sower of the seeds. The seeds, Christ tells us, is the gospel. As I have mentioned before, the gospel is not an idea. The gospel is a person, Jesus Christ. And in order to be that soil in which the seed of the gospel takes root and flowers and produces fruit, you have to have a relationship, not only with him, but with our fellow human beings. And here, this documentary was about people who had hardened their hearts, who not only did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they were all Muslims, but they didn't have a real relationship with their fellow human beings either. They were able to proudly declare the awful ways in which they treated their fellow human beings. And a lot of them were innocent. Their only crime was that they happened to be an easy victim, that they got in the way of this particular gang from making more money. But once they started identifying with the victim, once they entered into that space where relationships happen, where you begin to empathize with your fellow human being to experience what it might have been like to be that other human being and the suffering that they went through, there was a dramatic change. That seed began to take root. And the way that this relates to the fathers of the Seventh Ecumenical Council, who we celebrate today, um, comes in the form of the Doxastikon of the Lauds. And this is a, a hymn that we sing every single time we celebrate any of the fathers of the ecumenical councils. doesn't matter if it's the first, second, third, or the seventh. The seventh happened to be about icons, but as we will see in this hymn, the church considers all of them to be fundamentally about the same thing. When the choirs of the Holy Fathers convene from every corner of the civilized world, they decreed into dogma the single essence in nature of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I thought the Seventh Ecumenical Council was about icons. And the mystery of theology they clearly handed down to the church. Let us, the faithful, call them blessed, and extolling them, let us say, 
O divine battalion, heavy artillery of theologians of the Lord's army, luminaries that shine brightly in the noetic firmament, the mystical Zion's unassailable towers, the sweet-scented flowers of paradise, the solid gold mouthpieces of the Logos, the glory of Nicaea and the splendor of the universe intercede insistently on behalf of our souls. I want to highlight that phrase, noetic firmament. The noose from which noetic comes is that part of us that I saw transformed in that documentary, that place where relationships happen. It's not the rational mind. It's that place where we encounter beauty. It's that place where we pray. It's that place we, we, where we know someone beyond the encyclopedic knowing that we can get by looking up their Wikipedia page or looking them up in, you know, Encyclopedia Britannica, or reading newspapers, or whatever. We know each other because we've experienced a relationship with each other. And when you're very close with someone, you can often tell what they're thinking without them ever having to say anything. Not because you have studied them, not because you've read about them, but because you have a relationship with them, and that knowledge only comes through a relationship. Relationships happen in that noetic firmament, in that place in the human being where we identify and sympathize and empathize and know each other. And it is the same place where we encounter God. One of the things that um, I would like to also highlight is the fact that a lot of the hymns that we sing when we remember the fathers of the ecumenical councils is that we remember what in English gets translated as the Nicene Creed. But it's not a creed. That's a, a bad translation. It's a symbol with the original Greek meaning from symbolon, which is a verb which means to throw together. It means we take things that are different and we put them together so that they become one. An example of a symbol is the body and blood of Christ. We have bread and we have wine. And through the prayers of the church, the Holy Spirit descends upon them and they become the body and blood of Christ. They are a symbol. The mundane bread and wine are thrown together with the descent of the Holy Spirit and the divine. And so that bread and wine is also the body and blood of Christ. When we stand as the church and say the Nicene symbol of faith, as it is more accurately translated, 
all of our disparate personalities, all of our disparate opinions, backgrounds, languages, cultures, all disappear and are put to one side as we become one in mind and of one mind and one heart because we believe these words that we declare. I believe in one God. And that happens because we have a relationship between ourselves and Christ, through Christ God and the Trinity, and with each other, and with our fellow human beings. That noetic firmament that allowed the seventh ecumenical councils to happen. And I remind you, all of those seventh ecumenical councils happened because there was great disagreement within the church. And in some cases, in many cases, it was a violent disagreement. There were people who were martyred because of the icons. In that noetic firmament, all of that disagreement went away. And despite the fact that we have been fighting with each other <laughs> for close to 2,000 years, we're still here. Because we have those relationships. We are able to see and experience God as Trinity, God as He is, not God as we want Him to be. We experience each other not as these people we want them to be, but as they are. And we learn to love people as they are, just as God loves us as we are. And when those relationships happen, and when we soften our heart and open our heart and learn to sympathize, empathize, and love, transformation happens. We see a man who is proud of murdering hundreds of people suddenly look upon himself as a sinner and someone who has a hard time looking at the reality of what he has done without gagging and going into dry heaps. So let us all remember, this isn't about ideas. It's about people, primarily our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ. But then through him, we learn to love other people. And just as he went and came to us where we are, sinners, so too we are expected to open our arms to each other, sinners, and to love and to forgive and through that love, through that forgiveness, through those relationships, 
through that noetic firmament in which all of this takes place, we will see God work wonders. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and to the ages of ages. Thank you for listening to Annunciation with Father David. If you would like to speak with someone at Annunciation or visit us, you can find contact information, directions, and service times at our website at AnnunciationDecatur.org. The chant at the beginning and end of this podcast is the Byzantine hymn, Kentuckian of the Mother of God, sung by Capella Romana. For more information, go to their website at CapellaRomana.org.